Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just the two of us Oh hey, you're back! Where have y'all been? It's been like hours! A whole day. And um, these chains didn't get any looser, so uh, chop chop, hurry up, come on. Get me out of here. You're not going anywhere, you imbeciles. The ritual begins anew today. Bring in the woman and her child. What, is she gonna be giving birth again? That would be highly impressive. No, you idiots! Now that she has bore her child, we are going to put the soul of the devil himself into the child. I thought he already had the soul of the devil in him. Isn't he the Antichrist? Yeah, isn't his dad the devil? No! His dad is another member of our cult, Greg over there. Hey, what's up from Greg? Oh, congrats, Greg. Congratulations, man. Thanks, we're pretty proud. Everyone shut up. You're making a mockery out of the unholy sanctity of this ritual. Don't you understand that this is the end of days? The end times are upon us, and we are the ones to deliver it. Yeah, but y'all are kind of going about this at an ass-backwards way. If it was up to me, you know, if I was planning all of this, I would have just had the devil boink the chick like in Rosemary's Baby. You kind of just cut out the middleman of Greg. No offense, Greg. None taken. And uh, this whole step would have been completely unnecessary. You guys are just making this harder on yourself. I will not sit here and be judged by our sacrifices to plebeians who can't even get out of a couple of chains. You are goats, lambs to be slaughtered. At least we know what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the context, asshole. Now, if you don't mind, get us the fuck out of here! In time, you little whelps. Now, let's begin the ritual. Bring in the mirror. Now, I will read the passage to summon the soul of Satan himself into this child. Oh, no, I've seen this movie. It's a reverse exorcism, like in that film Anything for Jackson. Man, you guys can't come up with anything original whatsoever. Copying the exorcist backwards isn't clever. If you two don't mind shutting up for a second so I may read. She on so by me on Dude, this is some scary shit. Okay, I'm getting a little freaked out now. Uh, but hey, uh, they're gonna be doing this for a bit, so, uh, so do you want to try to figure a way out of here? Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Because once they do this, I don't want to see what the fuck they're going to summon. And when it gets into that kid, uh, we're going to have a Reagan situation on our hand all over again. You two are going nowhere. Huh? Well, looks like we got time to kill. Before they kill us, let's talk about the exorcist. Gotcha.
podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Radio Fear Macabre in our second part to Fear in the Faith. Woo! I'm Brandon, and as always, here's my co-host Justin. How's it going everybody? And today we are reviewing the critically acclaimed, the massively heralded The Exorcist. One of the scariest fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. One of the horror films that's at the top of most people's horror movies' favorites lists. This is the devil horror movie, The Exorcist. Even people who don't watch horror movies have heard of The Exorcist. Even people, even people who haven't watched horror movies have watched The Exorcist. <laughs> Everybody and their mother knows this movie. But uh, IMDb says when a 12-year-old girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her. Very simple synopsis, but uh, hey. Yeah. Uh, There's some possession here, if you can't tell by the name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. The possession that all other possessions in films is kind of inspired by. Uh, Inspired by, imitated, maybe. Yeah, constantly imitated, never recreated. That is The Exorcist. Won't ever be topped. And we're here to talk about that today. So Justin, what's your thoughts on this movie before we get into it? I remember when I first saw this, I'm not sure exactly how old I was, but I was a kid. Too young. Way too young. (laughs) Way too young to see this movie. The movie scared the shit out of me. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Most terrifying face I've ever seen in my life. Scary as fuck. One of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, what else can be said? Right. (laughs) Even my mom, who is terrified to watch horror movies, or the horror genre in general. Yeah. She's seen this movie, and she says she will never see that movie ever again. (laughs) Yeah, this was one of the films my my parents were vehemently against me ever watching. Seeing how I reacted to Jurassic Park. (laughs) Like, if he can't handle that... We don't need to let him watch The Exorcist. Uh, but I was a fucking kid, man. And uh, also, I grew up in a somewhat religious household. Not extremely, but pretty religious household. Stuff that was going on kind of made him uncomfortable. Yeah, and... Understandable. It uh, upset a lot of people. It did. It very much did. I, I still managed... I don't remember how I got to watch it, but eventually I did watch it. And... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep for a while. <laughs> But this movie is one of those types of movies where if uh, if you see it as, if you fuck up and see it as a kid, it's gonna leave an effect on you. Especially with all the movies we're talking about here, it's especially gonna hit harder for you if you do have religious beliefs or if you grew up with religious beliefs. Exactly. At this point we're at now, I think it's safe to say that neither one of us are like extremely religious. Not yeah, pretty much. Just growing up in that environment and you know religion and all that it still manages to hit you to this day any like that's like doing this fear in the faith for me is kind of a a, a, a facing that sort of things like because to this day even though i'm older more mature and i could separate you know fact from fiction and all that demon stuff still creeps me the fuck out me too just because like upbringing like demonic shit i'm like (laughs) get the fuck out yeah (laughs) bad juju we don't need that around here but hey that's what this whole thing's about that's fear in the faith in a nutshell kind of facing our own fears right i'm excited to bring the exorcist to radio fear macabre of course my favorite movie of this type is rosemary's baby but who doesn't love the exorcist 
one of the big check marks I was ready to get by whenever <laughs> we started this podcast. Yeah. That was on my list. It was on mine too. So I'm super excited to be talking about it here today with you. Let's get into our horror headlines. Here's your horror headlines on Radio Something that you might really be excited for, Brandon. Uh, new Alien books being released. I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> book written by Philippa Ballantine. It follows the previous books, Alien vs. Predator, Ultimate Prey, and Alien Colony War. I've read neither one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I actually haven't read Alien novels at all. I've read some of the comics. I just figured you would have liked it because it's, you know, Aliens. You fucking... Love that series. Yeah. It's my favorite straight horror movie. Horror movie. But yes, uh, it has a bonus feature. It talks about the new game scenario based on the Alien RPG, which was made by Free League Publishing. The book is going to be released on July 26th. Wouldn't mind reading some of them Alien books just to see. Yeah, I might get into reading the novels. Uh, what I really want to do is get into reading the Marvel comics. The, That'd the, be nice. Because uh, Marvel... After the Fox buyout, Fox had the rights to Alien and everything. And I think the, the comics were being done by Dark Horse. But after Disney bought out Fox, the rights went to Marvel. And they started making a new Alien comic that apparently is really, really good. I don't want to read those. But I might, I might check out the books. That'd be nice. Another thing, horror news-wise, that you might actually like. Universal Pictures is looking to make a sequel to Dark Man. <laughs> Directed by your favorite director. I want the pink elephant. <laughs> Directed by, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Sam Raimi. Sam motherfucking Raimi. Never seen the original movies back in the oh, was it 80s and 90s? Uh, the 90s. The 90s? Yeah, you should. But so, uh, from what you've told me, it's really, really good, and I would love it. I, so I remember being uh, like 12 or 13 when I first saw Darkman just like on TV and I'm like what the fuck am I watching <laughs> but I loved it I, I, I like drew Darkman like uh, in my little notebook at school like drew Darkman fighting Spider-Man and it's Batman <laughs> I thought it was so cool yeah here lately since I've been watching a lot of Sam Raimi stuff he's starting to become one of my favorite directors oh he's I can't believe you didn't grow up with Sam Raimi like I did knowing your taste and stuff but uh, I mean the first thing the first movie I ever watched him directing was Spider-Man Spider-Man yeah which uh, I mean there's a lot of Sam Raimi in that but you weren't you weren't getting the true Sam Raimi experience <laughs> <laughs> Uh, except for that scene in Spider-Man 2 when Dr. Octopus is in the hospital. Yeah. And he starts killing off all the surgeons trying to remove the... The, the limbs. The claws. The claws. Yeah. <laughs> but on top of Sam Raimi making great movies, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness got $450 million on opening weekend. Woo! Yeah. And it's it's a very Sam Raimi time we're in right now. It's so weird. The Evil Dead, the game is coming out later this week. It's not for the Switch though. No, I'll let you play on my PS4. You will. Yeah. Thank you. I'll let you play. It'll be okay. You'll let me play. I'll Thank let you. you play. That's what you said about your Switch. 
$450 million on opening weekend. I went and saw it. I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but definitely a Sam Raimi movie. And I was happy and giddy like a schoolboy the entire time. Snape kills Dumbledore. Shh. <laughs> not supposed to talk about the magic people. <laughs> And it, like this movie was a treat for me because it's a Sam Raimi directed Doctor Strange movie featuring an X Men character. That's yeah. not a spoiler. He's in the trailer. Everybody's seen it. Everybody knows Professor X is in so the movie. It was Professor X. Yeah, everybody knows it was Patrick Pro Stewart. Yes, it was Patrick Stewart. Which I will say, I don't enjoy saying this. I think he is getting too old to play the role of Professor X now. <laughs> He's like 80-something. Yeah, and you can see it in this did movie. They, did they de-age his face, or was it just No, his it's just straight up him, and, and he does, he's getting, up, he's getting up there. But the movie's really good, and uh, a lot of people are out there complaining right now about this movie. Really? Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> you're getting a lot of, think of the children, because this is a PG-13 Doctor Strange movie that almost is really close to getting an R, not because of language, but because of... Gore. <laughs> There's a little bit of gore in this movie, and it's like more than most of the MCU fans and, and uh, you know, regulars to these movies are used to. <laughs> People who watch the MCU movies don't know how bad it gets in, like, the comics and stuff. And you would think they would know that. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the people who only know these characters by the movies, they don't know how dark it can get. Especially Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is the, the black mystic arts. He goes to hell and stuff. Like Y'all think this is bad. Uh, MCU fans, watch Invincible. No, you, you know what? If you want to stick to Marvel, watch Punisher. <laughs> just watch the Punisher that was originally on Netflix that's now moved to Disney Plus and uh it's on Disney Plus now it's on Disney Plus yeah oh, I just shit. watched season two again on Disney Plus <laughs> and uh they didn't take anything out the only reason I was watching this because see if they took anything out and they didn't you see intestines my guy you see a guy getting a blowjob my guy <laughs> like, oh, I, know. I, saw, I saw that one scene you showed me yeah but and I was like oh shit <laughs> Doctor Strange I'm not giving spoilers but there's blood and brain <laughs> eye gouging Joe Bob could actually do like a gritty drive-in totals for this movie <laughs> but I love it I love it to death Multiverse uh, Foo Multiverse Foo Magic Foo Music Foo Head Explosion Foo Music Foo makes sense if you see the movie. <laughs> but, great, great movie. I think so far my favorite MCU movie. Yes, more than Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow. Yes. I mean, it was just per a perfect storm for me. Growing up, I was a fan of Doctor Strange, and I had no friends who knew who Doctor Strange was. And I never thought I'd see the day where he gets his own movies. And now we're on the second one, and it's directed by my favorite still-living director, Sam Raimi. And it includes X-Men, which are my favorite thing. Sam Raimi did an amazing job, and I hope it goes on to make even more money. And I hope they get Sam Raimi to direct more Marvel movies in the future if they want to go to the darker side. Of Marvel. Well, anyway, speaking of mutants, D. Snyder. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> As everybody knows, he's the lead singer of Twisted Sister. He's directing a new horror movie. Uh, not much is known about it. It was just kind of a thing where he went on Twitter and he was like, 
Yeah, I think I want to direct another horror movie. Nice. Scream Factory is releasing the 25th anniversary limited edition 4K Ultra HD Steelbook of Event Horizon. Justin, you haven't seen Event Horizon, but you should. <laughs> it's so good. Sam Neill being fucking crazy. <laughs> ah. uh, and it's almost the story of Doom, the video game. Doom. Ah, I've seen that movie before. No, nope, not that. Not not with The Rock. I'm talking about the video game. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they're getting a... We are getting a 25th anniversary steelbook. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I will probably get this one. I don't even have a 4K Ultra HD player. We will eventually. I will, I'll have it eventually. So my first movie is going to be Event Horizon, which I'm not mad about. I do love that movie. August 9th of this year, 2022. The year of our Lord. Perfect uh, timing, actually, because when it gets around August, it's going to be getting close to a lot of, lots of good horror shit coming out. Oh yeah, uh, and I can't wait. Halloween ends. We're kind of in a slow period right now, but are we? It seems like we got so much shit coming out right now. I mean, there's stuff in the works, but it's like actual, like counting Doctor Strange. We're just now coming out with something and. I will say it's not horror, but there's so many horror elements to that fucking movie. <laughs> uh, Evil Dead, the game, comes out in like three days. So I think we're having a pretty good year where we're just getting shit all year that's really good for horror. So yeah, that's all we got for horror headlines. Now on to our main topic. released in 1973 and it cost 12 million dollars to make which at the time that was quite a bit of money in 73 yeah <laughs> <laughs> but of course it cost 12 million dollars to make because william friedkin was at the reins of this and he went all out for this film and he would he would not do any less than he did for example the opening of this film set in iraq which a lot of people forget about yeah i know <laughs> You ask anybody about this movie, they're like, oh yeah, that's the movie where they're in the house and they're trying to free the demon from the possessed girl. Like, yeah, but do you remember the beginning of the movie? Yeah, in Iraq. Which, it wasn't just set in Iraq. They filmed in Iraq. It had to be filmed on set in Iraq. Because William Friedkin would not film this opening on a movie set in the U.S. But, of course... I actually like that. Some guns like, oh, we're not going to pretend like we're somewhere we're just gonna go to it. we're going there like, it was a bold move to do filming in iraq at the time so bold that they couldn't use an american film crew to do this because relations between the u.s and iraq were so rocky at the time they had to have a british film crew go and film the scenes in iraq after the rest of the filming for the rest of the movie was done some things never change Right. And that British crew had to go through some shit filming the Iraq scenes because during filming, the days would get up to 130 degrees Fahrenheit during the filming. And that's something, as someone who has spent time in the Middle East, can believe very much. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is based off of a novel by the same name, The Exorcist, that released in 1971 by the author William Peter Blatty, who was also a writer on the film itself as well. Very smart doing that, too. Oh yeah, don't let's don't trust anyone with your stuff. <laughs> in the last movie we reviewed, Rosemary's Baby, Ira Levin wasn't a writer on the film, but basically his movie 
was written. His his he book was written as a film because we're not getting into all that again. But it, it word for word book. Blatty was directly involved with the writing in this film. The book sold 13 million worldwide. So of course a movie had to get made. So. December 26th, the day after Christmas in 1973, Warner Brothers released this film. And uh, what a release it was. Filmgoers reported fainting and miscarriages during the screenings. Yeah. <laughs> Adding to the overall sensational reaction and hysteria to this film, they started giving out barf bags to people going to see this film, which, marketing, of course. Mm -hmm. And the movie released and it sold. $441 million worldwide. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. And to this day, it's Warner Brothers' highest grossing film of all time. Yes. Added inflation. Yes. And it was nominated, and this is this is the big thing about this film. It's a horror movie that was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. It won Golden Globes for Best Director, Best Film, Best Sound, Best Supporting Actress, and it won Oscars for Best Adapted Screenplay and Sound as well. For a horror movie, that's rare. That is that is not just rare. That is like the unicorn. That's the golden goose. You know, that's that's pretty much no other one's done that. Yeah, at the time, no, because that they're the first horror this, movie that's had. Yeah, this was well after the uh, the golden age of horror, where like the biggest movies coming out was Dracula and Frankenstein, where we'd see movies like those celebrated. Long after that. We go into the 70s and that's just not a thing anymore but this film managed to be so fucking good that we saw it being heralded and celebrated again but with that also comes backlash mostly from christians yeah they're a little upset now the uh the, a lot upset yeah our 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 possessed girl in this film reagan played by linda blair who was only a 13 year old child at the time of being selected for this film 14 year old during the time of the filming she would receive death threats from religious people by the mail so much so that warner brothers had to hire security guards for her months after the film was released crazy <laughs> and by the way she went through a lot of shit in this movie oh yeah in the film in the making of this film uh, uh quite a lot of people especially her and ellen burston went through a bunch of shit but linda blair she's our reagan of this film and she was not always the first choice for this role. Other candidates up for consideration was Denise Nickerson, who played as Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wow. Dana Plato uh, from Different Strokes. And most famously, Jamie Lee Curtis. This was going to be her first role. But when her mother, Janet Lee, read the uh, screenplay, she said, No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> And Janet Lee was in Psycho, so if you give her a screenplay that makes her say no fucking way... <laughs> You're making a fucked up movie. You're making a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been interesting in some alternate timeline. Jamie Lee Curtis's first movie wasn't Halloween, but it was The Exorcist. I think she still would have ended up okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Though she, she would probably she... got a lot more death threats. But speaking of Ellen Burstyn, she was casted to be Reagan's mother in the film, and she agreed to this role on one condition and that's a specific line from the film be removed and that's i believe in the devil she believed that the atheist take on the mother's role gave it a lot more weight to like 
the events of the movie. The demon that controls Reagan originally in the film was just the devil, but it was retconned in later films to be Pazuzu, which was a real Babylonian mythological figure from that belief. What a demon it is in this movie, of course, whether it's the devil or Pazuzu, still a frightening creature in this film, especially when it has a hold of Reagan and its ability to, to change his voice into things that other people would recognize and stuff like that but its voice itself the the regular voice of the devil being spoken through reagan was played by mercedes mccambridge and she got her voice to be that raspy by chain smoking drinking jack daniels and eating raw eggs Oof. you think you're tough <laughs> welcome to the salty spittoon how tough are you <laughs> you're not mercedes mccambridge tough <laughs> <laughs> and of course there's a lot of stuff that we were talking about, a lot of stuff that people went through in the making of this film. Like Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn, they went through a lot of shit during the making of this film, including getting injured quite a bit. Um, and they get tossed and pulled around a lot. Yeah, especially Ellen Burstyn during one scene where she's being yanked around by a, a wire harness. In that scene, it's where Reagan like kind of like force pushes the woman to the other side of the room, and you see her let out a, a large scream like a painful scream and as the camera zooms in on her that was a legit scream of pain from her she permanently injured her back mm. in that scene and you see it happen in the movie because William Freakin kind of an abusive director here when she got hurt and they could tell she was hurt he just told the cameraman zoom in <laughs> gotta get the shot in gotta get that shot and if you don't believe that he's an abusive director he slapped a priest <laughs> they had a real priest on set playing a priest in the movie his name was William O'Malley the most Irish priest name you can come up with that was his real name O'Malley um, yeah he played Father Dyer in the film and during the last scene when Father Karras is dying at the bottom of the steps Father Dyer is over him reading him his last rites before he passes on he did one take of it and uh, it wasn't good enough for Friedkin Friedkin like yells cut and goes up to him and at, and asks him, I was like, do you trust me? And he's like, of course. And he slaps the shit out of him. And he will smith him. He's, <laughs> yeah, he will smith them. And then he yelled, action! And that, that reaction of, like, O'Malley, the emotion that you see on his face of, like, what the fuck, is legit! Because he just got slapped right before the camera started rolling. <laughs> so, freaking, you got some, some cruel ways to go about your directing gotta get the shot man but uh i mean you're better than some directors in our book yes so it, it comes out to a great film but man i wish people didn't get hurt yeah linda blair especially i mean you gotta remember she's like you said she was 13 years old yeah and they had her strapped to that bed she was only wearing a dang thin nightgown tossing and twisting and pulling her as she's getting possessed yeah. By the demon, having her sit there for hours and hours and hours doing takes in a freaking refrigerated room. Yeah, the the room that they did Reagan. Negative uh, 30 room. degrees. Negative 30 degrees with multiple air conditioners all running at the same time. Just, Crazy. Just so you can get the, uh, the, uh, the real effect of seeing their breath during the possession to convey like, oh, like a spirit's here that's drawing all the energy. And the fact that they was able to do that in that cold of a temperature is crazy. It was, if, if you if you want to know what that's like, go in a walk-in freezer at a at a 
grocery store or anything. Oh, and it, it's not even that cold. It doesn't get that cold. I've I've been in places that cold before. I was out in Wyoming and it got negative forty outside, which was whew. So and how like you couldn't even imagine how they could do that. That's such yeah, cold of a just, temperature. Just just ten degrees less than that, or ten degrees warmer than 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 that. I still like I don't know how I I. I got out of my vehicle and I ran to the door. <laughs> I've never been that cold in my life, and they were just doing entire scenes in that. And all a thirteen-year-old girl was just there. Yeah, in a just, nightgown, just wearing a nightgown. I mean, she got traumatized doing this movie. She says even to this day, she did an interview not too long ago. She said even to this day, she can't stand being cold. Yeah. But I mean, she still didn't get it the worst. Nine people that had connections to this movie died during production. Legit died. Yeah. Including like close relatives and family members of people that are working on the film and some people just working on the film. In fact, two of the characters that die in the movie died during the making of the movie. Yeah, and those were Jack McGowan who played Burke, the movie director, and Vasiliski Maliaros who played Father Karras's mother. They died during the production of this film and they died in the movie. And all of this added together leads people to believe that this film was actually cursed. As cursed as it may be, it made a shit ton of money. <laughs> but still, so much shit happened. Yeah. So, let's get into talking about our opinions of this film. takeaways of this movie is that the demon is one foul mouth motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Be silent. Compels you. <laughs> A lot of movies back early like that didn't say vulgar language like that. No, and that, uh, I guess that goes with part of the shock and awe of this film. Especially the girl she played was 12. And she was masturbating with a crucifix. Uh, stabbing herself in the hoo-ha with it, yeah. <laughs> also saying your mother sucks cocks in hell. Socks cocks. Socks cocks. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. I can't think of any other movie where a 13-year-old girl is saying this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's real shocking, and I can see how people... Hell, even me watching it again, I'm still like, damn. <laughs> and also, one of the takeaways, still one of the creepiest scenes, even when we rewatched it again, when her head slowly starts spinning. <laughs> even you saw me, I was kind of like, mm. <laughs> That was one of the big effects, other than the puke scene, that uh, had people fainting in the movies. Yeah, it was real sudden, too. Just, bruh! Yeah. <laughs> Which, fun fact about that, that was actually a, a... Pea soup mixed with oatmeal? Pea soup mixed with oatmeal, and it was also a, a mistake. The vomit was actually supposed to... Hit him on the chest. Hit him in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> but the tubing misfired, hitting him in the face. His reaction of shock and disgust while wiping away the vomit is genuine. Yeah. And Miller admitted in the interview that he was very angered by this mistake, but it still looked great on film. Yeah, I mean, get mad all you want, but it's good movie making. Movie still holds up today, still looks great. Yeah. Even now. Very good cinematography in this movie, very good storytelling in this movie. I wish the movie was a little bit longer if we had more time with the possession. Really? 
The possession does kind of like only like start like after halfway through the movie. I know. It's like the last quarter of the film is the actual possession. Yeah, and we're I'm, I'm talking about when she's like fully possessed, and that's like that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, yeah, it's like the last twenty minutes of the of the film. Another thing, other than the scenes in Iraq, and a lot of people kind of forget about isn't that's in this movie is a lot of like medical shit going on in this. Yeah, because they're they're thinking there's something medically wrong with her yeah and there's scenes of like old archaic like technology technology being used and it's that that she gets a spinal tap in this film yes which spinal tap that's just horrible you know in real life yeah yeah, it's really painful even today like spinal tap's not great and them trying to get a scan of like her brain and stuff and her being in that room dealing with that loud noise oh yeah the old mris yeah where it's yeah it sounds like somebody's just banging pots and pans in your face boom 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 but that's my takeaways from this film but i'm sure i'll watch it plenty of more times oh yeah well, let's start at the beginning of the of the movie the scenes in iraq every time i see this movie now that i've seen other movies it always makes me think of hellraiser <laughs> well the scenes in iraq Reminds me of the opening of Hellraiser when... You see the beginning and you forget which movie you're watching. <laughs> yeah. When he's finding the lament configuration. The That's box. The box. It always reminds me of that. And the Pazuzu statue, a lot of people forget. Fucking creepy. Very creepy. Which, if you guys ever played that video game, House of Ashes, that statue was in that game. Uh, when I saw it, I was like, Pazuzu! This <laughs> <laughs> like... Exactly that statue, too, and they even bring it up, Pazuzu. It's a very important scene. I mean, it pretty much shows how Pazuzu got released. Yeah, and a lot of people forget that that statue appears again later in the movie, like, in Reagan's room. Yeah. <laughs> like, covered in mist and stuff, but you can see the outline of that statue when the big possession scene is going on. But yeah, I, I love the opening of this film, the Iraq setting. Are they using actual local people when they were doing these scenes yeah yeah it felt like that yeah well actually what was going on at the time during the shooting of that was an old temple like a pre-christian temple was being renovated or reconstructed at the time so they just filmed while that was going on and it looked like it was a big archaeological dig ah yeah nice that was pretty clever that opening scene does give this a uh, bit more of an open feel like it's not the whole movie's not constrained to this little girl's bedroom it's telling the story yeah it, it definitely feels more like worldwide of a film the first thing you see is iraq so that's pretty cool but then the uh, remainder of the film is in georgetown and we get introduced to reagan's mom yeah who she, is an actress. She's an actress. She's filming and uh, she's she's acting in a film going on locally in Georgetown. I think they're living there for the filming of the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Not exactly sure. Maybe they live there. I don't Well, they were talking about moving shortly. So I guess they were just staying in a temporary home. Yeah, well, I mean, they had it full furnished with all their stuff. I know, it seemed like an actual house. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it was an actual house, but uh, they, 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 like, had it full of their stuff so <laughs> but they were talking about moving shortly we get a lot of context clue of their situation through their conversations without giving us just fat exposition drops like uh 
the father is not around he's in europe somewhere i don't think they're 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 not married anymore but yeah he's in he's in europe somewhere she says that at some point in the movie you you get to see the the relationship between the mother and daughter here and they seem to have a really like good oh yeah love he- healthy mother-daughter relationship very playful they they joke around with each other all the time and uh, like Reagan teases her mom about a guy that she, maybe she likes. And yeah. All that. And then Captain Howdy comes around and fucks shit up. Yep. And that's another thing I forgot about the movie. She calls him Captain Howdy. Yeah. That she was talking to through a Ouija board. Hey, where'd this come from? I found it. Where? Closet. Huh. You been playing with it? You know how? I'll show you. Wait a minute, you need two. No, you don't. I do it all the time. Oh, yeah? Well, let's both play. You really don't want me to play, huh? No, I do. Captain Howdy said no. Captain who? Captain Howdy. Who's Captain Howdy? You know, I make the questions and he does the answers. Oh, Captain Howdy, yeah, I see. nice. Oh, I bet he is. Here, I'll show you. Captain Howdy, do you think my mom's pretty? Captain Howdy? Captain Howdy, that isn't very nice. Well, maybe sleep. Which, uh, never, never see in the movie. Yeah, you do. Her actually using the Ouija board? Well, yeah, because when she shows it to her mom, oh yeah, Captain Howdy, like when she, when she asked uh, Captain Howdy to talk to her mom, it just flies straight to no. <laughs> Which how how the mom saw that and thought that Reagan did that, I have no idea. It flew out of her hands. Yeah, I, I forgot. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Captain Howdy came, fucked all of it up. <laughs> <laughs> B-plot to all of this is what's going on with Father Karras, and we see a priest struggling with the waning of his faith. And his mom is dying. Which plays into the waning of his faith, really. He's losing his faith as a as a priest. He even talks to another priest about it over some drinks where he's like, I have to tell people, you know, like to just keep the faith and I don't know if I can do that anymore when I'm losing my own. And it, it all has to do with his mother's declining health situation. His mother, who is a very sweet Greek woman, and you can tell he loves his mother dearly, but he's maybe kind of weighed down by taking care of her all the time. And that sets up for a very sad scene later in the movie. Yes, where she does unfortunately pass away, and she passed away in a hospital. Yeah, he wasn't around. And he wasn't around for it. His uncle, her brother, had her put into a hospital without him knowing until, like, it was already too late, and he, he was mad at his uncle about that, and he breaks down to uh, Father Dyer about it later. He was like, I wasn't even there. I should have been there and all that. Which, that was probably the biggest hit to his faith. But it's always interesting to see a character going through something like that in a film. Like a, a priest losing their religion. Struggling with it. Which, by before the end of the movie, we, we would come to see his faith completely restored. Because if you believe in one, you have to believe in the other. And he met the devil. <laughs> yes. And the devil plays on his mom a lot. Yeah. It's real sad. Anybody who would have uh, dealt with those situations, it would be bad. I mean, hearing the voice of your own mom from a demon. Yeah, that that would be rough. 
be super rough, and yeah, I would lose my shit too. Yeah, uh, it would definitely would not be easy to deal with. I know I would be quite shaken. <laughs> be scary as fuck. The the devil in this film is is pretty good at making people feel uneasy. For example, during the soiree that her mother was having, Reagan comes downstairs and tells an astronaut before he's going to launch into space. You're gonna die up there. You're gonna die up there. Reagan? Oh my god, honey. Honey, what's the matter? I'm sorry, she's been sick. She okay. didn't know what she was sick. Okay. And then promptly starts to piss herself before her mom has to carry her back up to back up to bed and apologize to everybody about that. Creepy as hell. <laughs> uh, could you imagine being an astronaut and someone just telling you're going to die up there? Probably like, yeah, I know. That <laughs> <laughs> comes with the territory, little girl. I mean, this is the 70s. Being rockings explode. Uh, we haven't perfected everything yet. This uh, is, I have to wor sign our work release program. This is all based off of technology where the shit's supposed to explode when it reaches its destination. <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to stop that part from happening. Manus, who we saw in Iraq, he comes back as the lead exorcist in this film. I like his attitude towards all of it. Or <laughs> He's professional. Yeah, to a T. Uh, uh, Father Karras is like, maybe I should talk to you about the profile I'm setting up for this girl. She seems to have three personalities, and he's like, there's only one. Yeah, because he was thinking it was multiple demons yeah. possessing her. Well, multiple personalities, at least. He's still thinking of it like a psychiatrist, and uh, Father Manus is like, no. well, don't do that. <laughs> it's a demon. Shut up. Uh, like, and he says that a lot in this movie. It's yeah. a demon. Shut up. Yeah, the father cares. is like, I think you should know about this case. And he just looks at him like, why? It's an exorcism. <laughs> I don't care about the lady. I just care about exorcism. I don't, I don't need to know the particulars. There's a demon and a little girl. I'm going to get it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of course, he, he does his job spectacularly until he dies. Uh, <laughs> Off screen. Off-screen death. Never, never really said how he died either. It just... Well, it he uh, Father Karras comes in and she's loose and he's dead, so it was pretty obvious what happened. <laughs> she got loose and killed him. <laughs> Probably choked him to death or something. Either way, he's dead. Father Karras is then left to do the rest of the exorcism himself. By punching the by shit. going to his boxing roots. Uh, they, they, they talk about it a lot. He's a boxer. He's a boxer. Yeah. He was a boxer before he became a priest. His first reaction when left alone to be Son the only exorcist left is to start punching the little girl. <laughs> it's like, you son of a bitch, take me. Yeah. And let me just stop right here to point out, every time we have an exorcism in a movie, it never works. <laughs> okay, there always has to be some alternate end to the exorcism that we have to find in order to get this demon out. It never is just like, we exorcise the demon from a host, everything's okay now. The end, movie. Yeah, it's, it, exorcisms never go to plan in movies, starting with The Exorcist. 
where instead of exercising the demon from the girl successfully, instead he's like, possess me instead, and then he kills himself. <laughs> what does that accomplish? Well, it gets the demon out of the girl. Yeah, but that the part's free again. That part's successful. Well, I mean, the way you look at it, no matter what, the demon's gonna be free. But for all he knew, for all he knew... It could just go right back right to, to her. Yeah. But I mean, isn't that a risk for regular exorcisms, too? Like, you don't get like a... a, a, a I think they bless them afterwards. You don't get like a getting. warranty on, <laughs> on like a newly cleansed body from, from a demonic presence, right? Like uh, like the Ghostbusters. <laughs> you guarantee. Yeah, or it's like, all right, we have 50% off any re-hauntings, so... <laughs> but Father Karras beats the shit out of this child and then tells the demon, take me instead, and then it does. And a really good special effect here, I think a lot of people overlook, is when he's turning into the demon and you see his eyes go yellow... yellow and right before the demon's about to make him continue to beat the shit out of Reagan, now just Reagan, he takes back control. He takes back control and goes, "No!" But at it's it's a, a a flash of like his normal self. His eyes are back to normal. And how they did this in 1973, it must be re it's really impressive for the time it was filmed because it's like flawless. He's like possessed face and then not possessed face, yes. and screams no. Which I always always thought that was really impressive for the time. Son of a bitch! Take me! Come into me! God damn you! Take me! Take me! jumps out of the window, hurls himself down the stairs the way Burke died off camera earlier on in the film. Yes. Where then Father Dyer reads him his rights after getting slapped in the face by William Freakin. <laughs> because when I first remember watching this kid, I thought, oh, he was already, he just died right there, but he was still alive as the priest was down there with him because you yeah. see him grabbing, grabbing his hand, yeah. Squeezing his hand, but yeah, I mean, hell of hell of a scene though, and uh, those stairs are famous now. People go to those stairs all the time for photo ops. I would like to see them. I would too. We should go and visit that someday. Just go in there and just fall down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not just go take pictures. I want to fall. Hi, <laughs> Radio Free Club. This is the Exorcist. <laughs> uh, topical. Just have fucking Tony in the background all dressed up in a gown. Fucking with, with the makeup. And we just fucking just... He just pushes us down. Yeah. All the special effects they did during the exorcism where the whole room is shaking. It's terrifying. Eyes rolling in the back of her head. Levitating off the bed. The As bed itself moving. I mean, that's the climax of the movie. The power yeah. of Christ compels you. Yeah. And the dang demon is attacking the girl while they're doing that. Yeah. Leg getting scratched. 
I think the most impressive one for me was when all the shit was flying in the room before the exorcism started. Yeah. That was crazy looking. And we well, wouldn't see something like that again until Poltergeist. And I think I, the practical effects in this movie... Mm, Spot on. Love it. Top tier. Yeah, I've heard it me say it once. You'll hear me say it a million other times. Great practical effects trumps CGI every time. All day. Her head turning was great. They, they got the sound for that by twisting an old leather wallet oh really yeah of course the the pea soup and oatmeal vomit they were originally going to use Campbell's but it didn't work out so well anyway that's our discussion on this classic monumental film the exorcist why by william friedkin any final thoughts justin if anybody has not seen this movie watch it <laughs> if you if you haven't seen this movie i'm assuming that you're just now getting into horror i wouldn't watch this as the first one because you'll probably be scared shitless well i mean let, let's let's talk about that a little bit right is this the scariest movie ever made by today's standards hmm. i would say no no not at all not even close has, is it historically heralded as one of the scariest movies ever made? Absolutely, sure. And yes. at the time it was made, downright terrifying. As as we already covered, people reported miscarriages yes. at the screening of this film. Um, so it's it's well respected in that sense, right? That at the time this was probably the scariest movie released. But in modern day, no. I'd say it's actually pretty tame these days. I can agree with that, but to me, it's still scary as oh, fuck. Oh, absolutely. If you have that, that connection to it, that childhood connection to it, yeah, it's, gonna... it's it's still creepy as hell. But, I mean, there is much scarier out there Like another days. movie we're going to talk about eventually, Poltergeist. Ooh. The clown yeah. underneath the bed. No. I would say, I always felt like The Exorcist was scarier than Poltergeist. Yes, but Poltergeist. That was, that was a movie that had me briefly afraid of clowns, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the clown under the bed with the razor sharp teeth. No. That and it. <laughs> Up next, we have The Omen, which is another great film that I adore. Never seen the original. Uh, yeah, this is going to be Justin's first time seeing The Omen. Yeah, never seen the original. I watched the remake, or as you would say, the shit make. It's just, the remake to, to The Omen is boring. Julia Stiles plays the mom. It's just boring. But we're watching the original Omen, and we're going to be talking about it here. So I hope you guys stay tuned for that. Klaatu Verata Nikto. That is not the incantation we're using. Stop it. No, it's just how I sometimes close out our episodes. What's the big deal? That is a counter incantation to the evil that would... You know what? Nope. I'm not telling you that. Besides... We're done. It's about fucking time. Took you long. Oh, whatever. I introduce to you Satan himself. A, A pleasure, pleasure to make, make your acquaintance. acquaintance. Oh, oh, fuck. fuck.